All right, everybody, welcome back to the Five Hole Taxi Squad, a Five Hole Hockey Fantasy Podcast presentation. We are back tonight on December the 19th, before I say the 20th, for your weekend week 11 preview uh, with a little bit of holiday cheer and spice sprinkled in at the end. So without further ado, Jay, why don't you turn on those fares and let's get into it. Welcome in, everybody, and once again, we are your five-hole taxi squad. We are your hosts, Craig, Jay, and welcome back from our USA traveler. Alan is also back in the driver's seat. Welcome back, boys, to the pod, and welcome back, Alan. How we doing, Alan? Obviously, safe travels for you, whether it was business or a pleasure, but welcome back. We missed you. Yeah, shit. Oh, wait, yeah, there's the record button. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I had to do a quick work trip to Chicago where I did see the Anaheim versus Chicago game and then went down to Florida for a week to, to visit family. But uh, good to be back. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're deep into it, getting close to that holiday break, both for the NHL and for us. Uh, but we are here tonight for the weekend week 11 preview. And what we're going to do finally for the listeners out there that have asked continuously uh, at the end of tonight's episode, instead of the Taxi Squad watch list or Hawkeye check-in, we are going to give you guys a little bit of insight and update on what's going on with the Taxi Squad Listener League from the all three of our perspectives, from uh, the perspective of our team, maybe some key insights of what's gone on in that team or on in that league, and definitely variable stories from the three Taxi Squad drivers in our journey in the, that league. But we'll save that till the end of the uh, week 11 week pre- weekend preview. So why don't we dive right in and uh, get going, take the van cab around the league in the infirmary. What can- I don't know where to start. Multiple fractures, dozens of knife and projectile wounds, your liver is hanging on by a thread. One of your kidneys has detached and is just floating inside of you. And your spine is one bad blow from total paralysis. Uh, And we'll start with, God, goalies right off the hop. I love it. You know, before we were recording, as the listeners and Alan and Jay and Maddie know, just another journey in the devilish cauldron that is goalies for me but we're not going to get deep into that but damn you Devin Levi and your terrible night and your Ingrams oh god they don't even know what's good it's just it's just it's playing Russian roulette in fantasy sports that's what goalies are in fantasy hockey but I digress so Let's start it off with Vili Husso. He's week to week after leaving last night's game uh, from the Detroit Red Wings. He looked to injure his knee. I did see a report that he is suspected to miss some time, uh, and that kind of coincides with the Alex Lyon update as well, who won't be back till after the Christmas break and sometime in January. Uh, so consider them both week to week. Huso was okay, but also not great. Lyon was probably the better of the two uh, over the first quarter of the season for the Red Wings. But Q, the James Reimer renaissance. Let's see what 
Optimus Rhyme can do as he assumes the 1A goalie position with the Detroit Red Wings. He's going to probably get two more starts this week, heating up into the Christmas break. I wonder if he can catch lightning in in the bottle, boys, for the Wings. And in a corresponding move, they also brought in another previous Leafs goaltender who apparently still plays goalie. I don't even know how old he is anymore. The Red Wings, because they lost both their starters, their starters, quote unquote, signed uh, Michael Hutchison to be the backup on a one-year, two-way deal. I would imagine this is just a safety net, not knowing really Huso's status. And if it is a knee, it could be quite you know, extensive in terms of his absence, but at least Lyon's going to come back. But in the interim, it is James Reimer's net. Zuccarello with the Minnesota Wild continues to be week to week. There was speculation that he might be back tonight or he might be back Thursday, but he was not in their lineup tonight for tonight's game. You know, Minnesota certainly showing some signs of life, boys, backed by the Gus bus finally returning to form or so it would seem. But who told you guys? I told you guys, hang on to him. Like, don't drop him. Don't. Like sell him, well, sell him to low to me, but don't drop him. <laughs> I'm not even going to give that advice on this podcast anymore. I'm going to say exactly what I said <laughs> to a listener who keeps roll a d20 who asks me about goalies like every other week. Goalies are here to disappoint everybody, and nobody has fun with them. So if you entrust in one of them, they'll give you like three or four quality starts. You're like, oh my god, Gus Bus is amazing, and he's bounced back, and then. <laughs> Six goals pulled after three. <sighs> okay. Mikhail Sergachev was injured tonight. Another one that hurts me deep down in the Tampa Bay Lightning game. Uh, he was hit in the foot by a Colton Pareko slap shot. Hopefully it's not broken, uh, but he's day to day at this point. He did leave the game and did not return. Oh, Max Pacioretty has been skating in a non-contact jersey, uh, finally back on the ice, but he has been taking line rushes and has been practicing on power play one with the Caps. He's getting real close to returning. It looks like the initial reports are sometime in January will be his return. And good God, does Alexander Ovechkin need somebody else to help him wake up. For those that have been holding on patches in an IR or an IR plus spot, I would certainly temper your expectations. He has always been a shooter and a high-level scorer, but the man now has two bionic ankles. But I wouldn't put it past anybody who needs scoring and shots on goal to stash him now if he is available on your wire, especially with the shutdown coming and you don't, you're going to need minimal ads heading into next week. Uh, so something to think about there. Good news for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Pavel Zaka and Charlie McAvoy return tonight to the lineup. Adjust your geeky uh, ownership and Charlie Coyle expectations accordingly. But Zaka looks like he's back in his line one power play one spot where he was previously. And I saw Andre Svechnikov of the Carolina Hurricanes did return. Uh, I don't know what he did tonight. I don't even know where he was skating. Well, they got six goals. Hopefully he was in on one of them. <laughs> he did return from his lengthy absence. I know he came back for a couple games. Daily faceoff, it did show he was skating on the fourth line, which I would imagine they were just going to control his minutes coming back from two injuries. Uh, but he was on the top power play for tonight's game. I don't have the box score in front of me, so I have no there idea. There we go. He, got, he, he, he had that opening goal. He was a power play goal. Yeah, he only had 15, 58 time on ice, but he did have four shots on goal and five hits. 
and and the goal as Alan mentioned. So welcome back, Fetch, and you know four shots and five hits, boys. That to me maybe and the goal was on the power play, so that to me maybe does finally show that he's at full strength. Um, and then finally, uh, the Van Cab stops in Ottawa, where surprise, surprise, the Senators finally fired DJ Smith. Shocker. And it was only like less than a week after they brought in Jacques Martin as a special hockey advisor. <laughs> and nobody can see me, only the guys can, but I'm using quotations around special hockey advisor. Here's a note to individuals with a profession. If somebody comes into your organization with more experience at doing exactly what you do, and the thing that you do is struggling to perform, it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> Update your resume. <laughs> you probably are going to get replaced <laughs> if the underperformance continues to uh, yield its ugly head. So, so I'm kind of confused now. Do we in the summer do we see Alfie as the the coach, or was is he maybe the future GM? Oh, he's coming. He's probably going to be the next uh, special advisor to hockey, right? <laughs> Well, no, that was uh, that was I think part of why he was he was on the Sweden trip was special advisor or something. You know, it would be kind of par for the course, right? Red Wings bring in Stephen uh, Stevie Y to be their general manager. Avalanche bring in Joe Sakic. It is kind of I wouldn't say league trend, but there's some su- successful organizations that have brought back former, you know, captains slash stars to quote unquote run their organization. Brendan Shanahan in in Toronto, even though he never played for Toronto, but still, you know, a Hall of Fame player now running an organization, it is very much in the realm of possibilities. And interesting, we're talking about them now because the fresh new coach smell must be, you know, just brewing in Arizona because they're currently leading three nothing. You freaking blew up our Ingram shares, man. Halfway through two, <laughs> chasing Connor Ingram from the net who let in three goals on six shots. Yikes. <laughs> Let's see if this sparks Ottawa to be the team that we all thought they could be. So long, happy trails, DJ Smith. Shocker, nobody's shocked. But uh, Jay, you have a thought there before I pass it off to Alan. It's got to be GM, right? I'm assuming Alfie assumes the role there. I mean, I don't... Do they go the other way very often? Where do they go? You oh, know, you know what? Like, I think they're, I think they're looking... F- well... We're looking for a coach. Um, no, I are looking for GM. <laughs> I, I think there were, uh, yeah, I, I, maybe Alfie is the GM hire and they hire someone else for coach. Because I figure if you need a guy that's not, not face of the league, so to speak, but your general manager definitely is the guy that's, you know, bringing in contracts, bringing in that sort of relational thing. Isn't, isn't that exactly what Alfredson is? Like the guy leading by example, not necessarily the guy yelling at people on the ice to backtrack. Like loved by the fan base. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's the guy where you can, you can honestly say he's ensuring that that core, that decor, uh, that forward core signs on right like they they continue to buy into this idea that year after year they're going to improve they're going to get better maybe this is me with my specific lens right i've seen alfredson what captain the senators to relevance whereas the Leafs were languishing right in the mid-2000s that that's just kind of how i've seen him like i could be wrong I'm, i'm open to being wrong but i feel like if it's coach or gm that's that's bang on nailed on gm 
Yeah, I would agree. I think it's right at par for the course with, with like I said, red, what the Red Wings did and what the Avs did, you know, bringing in their stalwart Hall of Fame player to run their organization and, and, and bleed how they view being a professional hockey player throughout the organization. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that uh, formulates, but I think it's certainly within the realm of possibilities. So with that being said, with this, uh, you know, the holiday shutdown upon us or very close to Alan, why don't you take the, the people through the abbreviated weekend schedule and uh, streaming possibilities for the early part of the weekend? Yeah. So there, as of note, there are no Sunday games this week. I guess it's the eve of some major gift giving holiday. First I've heard of it. Uh, so Friday is your only remaining off night. There are eight teams that play that night. Uh, Boston, Chicago, Detroit, Edmonton, Montreal, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, and Winnipeg. Uh, streamers, I tried to target the guys that had the Thursday, Friday, because uh, I think it's like 28 teams play on Saturday. So you're not fitting much in schedule wise. So uh, first one up, Tyson Forster, Philly center right wing. Uh, I figure that right wing might be easier to get in. Uh, still line one, power play one. JT Comfer in Detroit, left wing, right wing. Uh, he's 32% owned. Uh, line one, power play one. Well, that, that line one may not be hold up anymore. And of course, Sean Monahan, the Monahanissance. Uh, he is center only still, but 17%. Line two, power play one. Does have three points in his last three. Uh, honorable mention, uh, just go check on the other wings and jets. If you still want to get in the Velarde party, there's still some room. It looks like he was still under 50% owned when I checked earlier today. Goalies, we mentioned him earlier. Optimus Reimer, 8% owned. Huso out. And Lion is day-to-day. Probably, definitely not back this week. We know they signed Hutchinson to that PTO, uh, but he probably only sees one of the games in the back-to-back they have later this week. Uh, Sam Erson in Philly, 11%, 4-1 in his last five, which includes one shutout. He won tonight too, so. He did. He won tonight too. Okay, cool. Yeah, one three two in overtime. And then go check for Quick. He's 52% owned. He does play. They do play Buffalo later this week. Big boy bangs. Matthias Ekholm in Edmonton, defenseman, 36% owned. He's averaging about three hits a game. Uh, also shoots and he's got point upside. I did have an assist tonight on the lone Edmonton goal and he plays Thursday, Friday. Uh, Luke Shen, captain of the big boy banger squad is only 19% owned and Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, he is back. I wouldn't rely on him getting that top power play spot. It looked like he only got it last game because Sanheim was out, but he is back. Uh, but he does provide hit and block coverage with some shots sprinkled in. I mean, it may be, we see some upward momentum with him. I know in an interview earlier this week, he was saying that uh, Torts has kind of shed some light on parts of his game that he just wasn't getting help with in Buffalo. So definitely someone maybe to keep an eye on at least. The key for this one is, you know, get your streams in as much as you can before Friday, which I would imagine Jay's going to go into a deeper. I think a lot of people have forgot about JT Comfort uh, just because he just returned. So for me, that's definitely a guy you want to target. Uh, Monahana sounds believers, you know, I streamed him already this week and he did jack nothing, nothing. He did nothing. Okay. So it's, I got to hold him in a couple spots, but go ahead, Jay, take, take the people through some strategy for the latter part of the week. Yeah. Um, we've covered it in the week 11 preview. Definitely that you needed Monday and Wednesday and Friday. And those were the days half the week is already gone. 
honestly, it sounds terrible. Like it all, it almost sounds and reminds me of all those university exams on the day of when you're cramming hard and studying hard. But truth be told, you needed to have gotten your Detroit Red Wings, your Winnipeg Jets, and you needed those streams before the other listeners were jumping on the bandwagon. Monday at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> your 2.57 a.m. alarm clock. You needed those, especially this week. And if you didn't, maybe you still have a couple of guys languishing around, but most of them are probably gone. Now, We'll give some value in terms of, I think, back-to-backs because obviously we're going to even need to extend what we classify a weekend into the Thursday, which is not a weekend day, but just bear with it. So if you stretch it into the Thursday, you can try to target back-to-backs. You don't really have a lot of value in the Thursday, Saturday, heavy night stream there's really no value to that so the only two values are either side of the friday off night so you have these eight teams that you should heavily heavily target in the back half of your week 11 now of those teams one of them doesn't play either side at all that's winnipeg right so but winnipeg would have been the great team because they had the three off night schedule hopefully just as Helen mentioned, you got into the Velarde party. It was the most ridiculous thing I've seen, actually, in terms of ads. He was 20% owned yesterday. Right? We're recording this on the week 11 Tuesday. He was 20% owned yesterday. He is 47% owned today. So clearly, listeners were listening. Uh, but the second part is that Velarde party is going to stop very soon, shortly. If he's somehow still around in your league, get him. Another example of a party that's definitely ended already is the Eaglers party. He was at a nice and juicy 37% ownership. Now he's at 63 that party is sailed. You should have gone in on it, right? Line one, power play one. You you needed that, especially this week. So we'll just cover some of the other teams on the Thursday, Friday back-to-backs and then the Friday, Saturday back-to-backs. If in doubt, prioritize the early one first because then you lock in the points and you have the ads and I guess the flexibility later on. So target Edmonton, Montreal, Philadelphia, Edmonton, I know we mentioned Matias Ekholm. We mentioned him not because he's amazing, but because he's probably the only guy of value that could be somewhat usable. And even in the leagues I'm in, I feel like he's almost all owned up, even though he's 36% ownership. So basically, Edmonton is not going to be really valuable. Montreal is in a similar tough boat, right? You have Matheson, Caulfield, and Suzuki. They're all over 60% owned. And then again... It's got to be the Monahanessance. There's really nobody else to get on that team. But as Craig mentioned, he didn't do that much either. So that's Les Habitants for you. They even run three goaltenders, so you don't even have a 1A1B streaming setup. Just take whomever is starting. It, you're not getting bulk starts. It's just spot starts. Now, Philly is an interesting one because Philly has Travis Konechny and Carter Hart. They're both 75-plus percent owned, but and, and then there's Travis Sanheim, who is... I think like 54% owned. Everyone else not named Konechny, Hart, or Sanheim are are under 50% and can reasonably be owned. Like even Tippett, right? Like Tippett, he's he's doing amazing. He's right wing, left wing eligible, still under 50% owned. Just see who you can fit in there. Allen covered it with Samuel Erson. He's 13% owned, but 
Carter Hart's actually injured. Well, no, he's got that dysentery or whatever is going around. Like, it's illness. It, it's illness, right? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, good clarification, Alan. Good clarification. They're not the same. <laughs> the Oregon Trail <laughs> disease, basically. So, anyways, uh, he started the last four games. 33 save shutout in one of them. Man, 13% own. I, I definitely checked to see Samuel Urson where, whereabouts he is and check to see, especially on the back-to-backs, right? Maybe he's going to play the Friday. Well, Devin Levi is about to get punted into the sun from me, so I'm a, I'm a welcome person <laughs> into all the teams. I mean, Carter Hart probably comes back next game, but I mean, when he's starting, maybe he's not as bad as we thought. It's a back-to-back either way. You're going to get a game from Hart and a game from Urson, even if Hart comes back, right? Detroit, I am going to harp and jump on it. Yes, they had an amazing Week 11 schedule, as is. Yes, Michael Rasmussen might be the hottest thing in the solar system, including the Sun. Yes, they also have these other players that are just banger value, right? Like Ben Sherratt, right? JT Comfer, even in face-offs leagues. Joe Valino, right, was getting some time before Larkin came back. But guys, how can we not mention the crease situation? Alex Lyon was playing amazing. Now he's weak to week right afterwards Billy Huso gets week to week out as well James Reimer the optimist rhyme like Craig mentioned it Alan mentioned it I'm gonna blast on it again 9% ownership come on this Red Wings team they cool down slightly but 9% ownership on a starter come on guys like Hutchinson's not gonna do much he's there just because they need some guy to sit on the bench you know, to for moral support. It's it's gotta be James Reimer. Boston's also there too, and everyone's coming back, so maybe it's just a matter of right now there's Morgan Geeky, and in the last game he still got power play one time, so hopefully that continues. Jake DeBrusque was also getting power play one time, but yeah, Boston's a tough one. Goalie tandem, that's everyone, everyone's already owned up. Uh center setup, and I guess top lines deployment setup where everyone's got really pretty balanced scoring and Marchand and Pasta are really carrying the scoring load there. But yeah, j- just see, right? Geeky, I guess, if anything, 3% owned, line one, power play one, you, you can go a heck of a lot worse. Geeky is line three now as of tonight, but power he was still power play so, one. Yeah, so. Line three, power play one. Sorry, yeah, clarify. Morgan Geeky is line three. But he's still on the power first first power play. So do with that information as you will. Chicago Nick Foligno is getting power play two time. He's, he's he's getting some hits and bangs and everything. I if you're desperate for a Chicago stream player in the back to back, he's there. Peter Morazic too, twenty four percent ownership gets tons of bulk starts. Uh, Soderblom is not going to compete with him for those. So if you need. You know, another bulk starter, if, if you are in a similar situation to Craig's woes with goaltending and injured goalies, he, he'll get one of the two starts at least. The Rangers are another one, obviously, with uh, Jonathan Quick, just 52% ownership. I, I feel like he's just getting added and dropped by teams whenever he whenever the Rangers have a non-busy week uh, or back-to-backs. Uh, then, obviously, he gets, a, he gets an upswing, and then whenever... Uh, they play like one game, then obviously it's not worthwhile to hold on to him for the one game where Shesterkin's going to play. But he's got a back-to-back this week, so 
take him up. And aside from that, New York Rangers are really, really tough to own as well. They they are just waiver wire desert. That's what it is. It's just a waiver wire desert. I don't know, Blake, Blake Wheeler's got a few points lately. As as washed up as he is, like he's uh, still shows up on the scoreboard. That's true. The power play two king. Uh, it's still worthwhile. It's still worthwhile to mention. How old is he now? 37? Definitely alongside Joe Pavelski carrying carrying the banner of, I guess, uh, the NHL vets, right, so to speak. I was going to mention Corey Perry may have vacated, but maybe that's a little too soon. Yep. Now, yep. Uh, too soon. Wheeler, Wheeler, Wheeler <laughs> in soon. fact, was up on the top line with Jabinajad and Kreider tonight. I think that's where he's been lately, actually. But he did have two assists, and they did win. But he only skated eleven thirty-four. So yes, he is getting top line ish, ish. <laughs> but he's getting fourth line minutes. <laughs> actually, not even fourth line minutes. He's getting like third line, fourth line minutes combined. It's hard to roster around a player that is so point dependent. He doesn't really shoot. He doesn't throw the body or block the puck at all. So it's he's really, really entirely assist and goal dependent. And yeah, no, it's not any kind of sustainability behind Wheeler, but it's, you know, right wing. It's uh, a stream. It's a stream. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll throw it back to Craig. Yeah, like I just was checking as you were talking there, Jay, the this, this box score is like, if I need help at center, I'm all over Zaka for the rest of the week. He had two assists in his return. He skated almost 22 minutes. One of those assists was on the power play. But your boy Morgan Geeky, he skated just over 18 minutes, had four shots on goal, had an assist, and that assist was also on the power play. So it's interesting deployment, even though he's third line center. It's kind of like Allen's boy Nick Paul in Tampa, third line center, power play one, also had a three-point night tonight. Has been asleep for a little while, but had a three point night tonight. So similar, if that geeky role can hold, be interesting to see if he can produce. You know, being on that the secondary piece of that, the elite pieces on that power play now with McAvoy back too, which even only helps them even more. But I guess it's that time. It's that time to give the listeners that have been asking, and even the listeners that haven't been. An opportunity to look behind the curtain of what is the the five-hole taxi squad listener league and a season update from the perspective of our three teams. I share the caveat now that it is three very different journeys, but I will give credit where credit is due and I will give a Shout out to two of our listeners, Flashback Foley from the Discord and Grizz from the Discord, a.k.a. Adam, who are both in a, uh, Foley or Flashback, whatever we want to call him. He is currently with his team, Medal of Connor, in first place uh, with a 7-3 and three record. Grizz, a.k.a. Adam from the Discord is in second place with a 6-4 and four record. And I'm not going to steal Jay's thunder, but he is tied with Jay from a record standpoint, but has more points for, so Jay is right behind him in third place. And also Chud, a.k.a. Max from the Discord. Uh, I think a lot of listeners know him from the Discord community. He does contribute quite a lot in terms of activity and conversation with everybody. Uh, He's been very strong this season in terms of his activity, but also his team. He's sitting at six and four 
Uh, I'm going to give it to Jay to talk you guys through, you know, how we set this up, the settings of this league, and then, you know, it'll be story time from the three of us in terms of sharing the journey of our teams and some activity that's happened amongst our rosters. Go ahead, Jay. I think when we first set up the league, at first the thought process and thinking was that we would reward the offense, right? So we set it up with goals, assists, short-handed goals, short-handed assists, shots on goal, hits. Don't blocks. you dare oh. lie to the people that we reward offense. Don't, don't you, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> We're just getting going, man. Let's uh, let's at least goad the listeners into thinking that we did. <laughs> so the the thought process was we'd reward the goals a little juicier, right? And obviously, I think when Alan first saw the scores, he said, these are going to be some beefy score lines. And indeed, they were six points for a goal, three and a half for an assist. And we sprinkled it quite uh, generously with one point per shot on goal, hit and block. Now, as Craig may have alluded to, as the commissioner... Jay here on the bike as the commissioner I may have been a little too generous in trying to pair it back to parity with the goaltending stats and uh just as a goal was given six I figured hey you know a win's pretty important we're playing to win right I may have decided a win was eight points uh a shutout also eight points with an equal you know importance uh and the goals against was uh doesn't really matter but the important part is the one to five ratio that's the important part. Saves were 0.6. Goals against were negative 3. So you need 5 saves to wipe out a goal let in. Now, shout out to Grizz, clearly right from the draft in the get-go, who said, uh, I, I'm starting to think the 0G strategy that's being preached is certainly a viable option, but I don't know about the efficacy in this particular league. And... Yeah, Grizz, Grizz, and and his finishing uh, near the top of the standing so far probably probably points to the fact that yes, indeed, Allen was right. This might be less of a zero G league and more of a hero G league because my goodness, if you look at the standings, I know those top ten players are listed out there, but it certainly feels like the more you go down, the more you end up with names like Carter Hart. Like names, even. Oh, like- don't you steal that from me! I'm going to cover that. <laughs> you best believe that I'm going to cover that when we get to my team's journey. Okay. I, I don't want to make the sound as if it's all desert and no offensive players in the list. Right? I'll read you the top ten. Right? There's Kucherov, McKinnon, Matthews, Demko. Miller, Pasternak, Forsberg, Eichel, Nylander, and Hellebuck. That's a goalie at fourth overall. That's a goalie at fourth (laughs) overall. Hey, honorable mention, Evander Kane in 11th. (laughs) Suck it. And and another goalie at 10th overall, people. Those mini mentions of Craig aside, just, you know, obviously the intended design was an offensive first league. What may have transpired at the end, uh, you know, unintended consequences, but... I'll obviously definitely give a shout out as well that the league has had an interesting uh, setup scheduling wise as well that I noted. So just as teams have finished with higher records, obviously near the top, and you'd expect them to have higher point tools as well. Number five, uh, Emerald Flames. He's finished comfortably with 3,400 points. He's he's honestly a 10th 
in terms of at, at this stage currently in week 11 he has 10% less points than his other fellow 6 and 4 members but I guess that does mean, honestly, he has tons of close, close wins, and it just points and proves that fantasy, honestly, is is a game of inches, right? Just like, just like tons and tons of sports, it's it's a game of inches, right? Like you you want your wins and your head to head, but uh, some of them are blowouts, and uh, sometimes you just got to equal your way and squeak by. Good on Emerald Flames for you know making the wins when it matters. Uh, and then on the other end, uh, you got to feel, obviously, for Shaner, I'm just calling, uh, you know, got, got a shout-out as well. He's scored 10% more points uh, than many of his fellow peers at 4-6, and six, but uh, he's he at 3,700 points. Uh, he's sitting with a 4-6 and six rec- four and six record, right? So it's one of those where, just a reminder again at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that your fantasy lineups are completely off and need to be blown up and destroyed simply because of your record. Honestly, sometimes you can, you know, do as best as you can, but the schedule and the matchup just doesn't work in your favor, and that is okay, right? This is, it's fantasy at the end, right? You're doing the best you can, but again, nothing is guaranteed. But definitely this is a, at least in my opinion, a very active league, right? Like I, I have tons of moves in this league. There's 11 weeks in and I have made 43 moves, right? So we have a four move cap per week. So I pretty much, I not pretty much, I have used the maximum number of ads always available every single week. And I noticed that some other teams seem to be in that ballpark as well. Wait, actually, Alan, you've used Hell yeah. more than... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be up there in terms of activity, even though I'm not up there in the standings. But you know, we, we'll go in there into that later. But I, I, Jay, what you, Jay, you have the floor, so please take us through your team's journey, where it started, where it was, and now where you currently are in the standings. Right. Okay. So. In terms of my team, right, currently uh, I sit third place, six and four. In the beginning, I I, lo- I remember specifically that my team was all, almost always projected to win, uh, with the exception against Allens uh, in week three, where I just got absolutely slaughtered like a fresh lamb. It was, it was brutal. But the important part, too, was that you could call it underperformance, you could call it whatnot, but my team was basically a 500 team. I traded losses, wins, losses, wins for uh, a fair bit of the start of this season. Uh, currently, I am ahead in the in the week 11 matchup, and I've won from week seven onwards. Right, so I'm on a four week win streak, and that probably honestly is an overperformance uh, in terms of the lineup and roster. My roster as well has UC Saros, right? So I'm living and dying. Well, actually, both UC Saros and Roman Yossi. So I'm living and dying by the yeah, national In the prisoner's team. dilemma, Jay jumped ship on us. <laughs> took taking You took Saros <laughs> in what, the third round? So Jay, Jay yeah. is a non-believer in zero G. He doesn't even preach it. He doesn't. He preaches it, but he doesn't practice it. He is a hero geer. Let's. He just. He just put himself on blast. But I'm. I'm gonna give Jay. This is. I. I got. No. You carry on. I, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. Cause it's coming. It's coming. I definitely. T- I definitely talked the talk and did not walk the walk. Now, the the big part as well here is at. At a certain point, uh, after holding on to 2G, not only through 
UC Saros, but also falling on the sword of Bobrovsky. I recognize that this league might not have been as offensively minded as I initially believed, preached, or was continually reminded of by Craig and Alan. And I decided wait, instead wait, that... Wait, 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 know, wait, wait. I, I just start Fall picking. on the sword of Bobrovsky, who was ranked 23rd in our league scoring? You fell on the sword. I'm sorry. That must have been like a... What was fell it, backwards blast? onto like, the sword. Was it a rubber sword? Because I don't think it hurt you. I don't think it hurt you. Oh, man. Now, I'll... I'll argue that every now and then he gets pulled, but largely, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a, it's definitely been a toy sword this and season. And oh no, Soros He's... had a negative night for you tonight, but is 15th in league scoring. Oh no, somebody <laughs> please get the sword that Jay fell on with these two away from him. I don't know if the league will continue to be as defensive and rewarding for wins in future, but anyways... Um, the important part to remember at a certain, I, I guess on a personal note, was deciding, hey, like, if the goalies are going to be this overpowered uh, the way they are, I might as well get a couple more of these guys that start. And so prioritizing and targeting a guy that actually would start in net consistently and more often uh, became a stalwart part of each week's streaming strategy. Well, I, I guess in addition, obviously, but I, I just couldn't stomach the idea of seeing Jake Neighbors do absolutely nothing with his three off nights over and over and over in a row. Uh, whereas Sam Monsonbo does, you know, he does, he starts once, but then he if he can eke out a win, that's an easy solid 20 possible points that he can get. So just in terms of mental strategy there, that's one of the things that I keeled and turned towards. Uh, but honestly... Even saying some of this makes it sound as if I had way more, you know, a way larger hand in this than not. The other big part is sometimes your teams just turn on in certain weeks, even outperforming projections like crazy. And I don't understand it, but I'm right in the hot streak of it, fortunately, um, until then. Like, I remember specifically Alan and I had a trade where we... Uh, and, and I'll let Alan cover the trade specifically, but one of the options we discussed was trading Matt Barzell. There was no rhyme or reason as to why I didn't trade Matt Barzell, but he definitely stayed hot throughout the time, and I could have easily traded him away um, and not been the beneficiary of any of those goals and assists. So, again, at the end of the day, fantasy is, you know, we, we try... We do what we can, but a huge fucking shit ton of it is luck and not getting your star players injured, which also is related to luck and circumstance. Luck and circumstance has it so that right now, after a four-game win streak, four-week win streak, I'm in the top half of the standings, and hopefully, well, hopefully can continue, uh, but I'll throw it on over to Alan. Yeah. Um, so I am 7th out of 12th. I am just out of playoff spot because it's six teams in the playoffs. Uh, I remember I lost my first two. After that, it's been kind of up, down, up, down. couple moves I did. I know I did. Uh, I traded. Uh, Craig and I did one for one. I thought, yeah, like uh, I don't care about the coaching change. Fuck Matt Boldy. Traded him for Kevin Fiala, um, which I'm so happy with. Like I... I think it was on that round of the draft. Like you didn't realize Kevin Boldy or Matt Boldy was there and you took Fiala instead. But I was like, well, I, I would much rather have Kevin Fiala. Like, even though I lose some uh, position eligibility there. In all honesty, I really don't think it's helped either of us 
No, it's been <laughs> flat, which is fine. I like I said, I just I'm happier. Like part of what drives me in fantasy is like having the players I actually like. So that's why I'll I'll absolutely overpay for guys that maybe I shouldn't. And that's I think that's why we did the trade because Boldy is one of my guys, regardless of his slow start. Like he started to heat up over the last two weeks, and I know you really. You, yeah, I'm just higher on the Kings. You so asked like, you asked me about Fiala right after the draft, so I knew he had to be high up on your guy list. So, but he it hasn't helped either of us. Let's be real, especially no, especially yeah, me. Especially it's me. been pretty flat, um, but no, he boldly heated up for a little bit. I don't, I don't know if he did anything tonight. Um, but yeah, the trade that uh, Jay and I were talking about, uh, one for one, I traded Carter Verhage for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and now I'll reveal my total long con. Uh, in an earlier episode, Jay mentioned that the Oilers don't have a good schedule until week twenty. So what are the odds that after week 20, say, I don't know, weeks 23 through 35, the Oilers have <laughs> one of the most amount of games played in that time period? Alan, what time period is that? I don't know. Playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> and and a part of the reason I did that was because I was rocking three Panthers at the time. Um, I'm still hanging on to Bennett and Montour. That was kind of rough hanging on to Montour or hanging uh, in a Montour and IR. And then the other trade I just did, I did Tage and John Carlson for Ovi and Rasmus Anderson. Actually, in the draft, I would have taken, like, I think Ovi went right after I took Tage. And I would have, if I had known Ovi was on the board, I would have taken him. But a big reason I kind of want Ovi is, I know he's old, whatever, knock on him all day. Uh, He's only shooting at like 5% right now regardless of even strength, power, whatever, whatever. If you want to say that they finally caught on to the OB spot and they just cover him now, sure. I think Patch is coming back. We'll uh, hopefully if they don't put him on the same line, because I, I think if they split him up now, Obi's not going to get every best defensive lineup. But no, I, I just and I know the guys at Apples and Geno's have both gone out and acquired OB kind of for the same reasons. And yeah, no, I Give me Ovi. Tage just really hasn't. I know he was injured, but he still hasn't. I don't know. He had, didn't hadn't done much for me. And then John Carlson, uh, his peripherals just weren't enough alone. If Ovi isn't firing him in the net to do much for me, uh, and I, I think that Anderson Weger pairing on Calgary's been cooking with some gas. Um, so I wanted to get one of those guys. Oh man, that that Nugent Hopkins <laughs> and Verhage trade. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> so the big the big thought process there as well was it is a coin flip 50, 50, coin flip 50-50 on how bad can the Oilers remain because Nugent Hopkins was doing absolutely nothing. It was I don't even know if it was free skates. He was paying for these skates, man. It was it was wild to see him do absolutely nothing night in night out. And what would you have it just as the trade processes? Actually, I don't think it was the time with the trade processes. It was actually as we agreed upon the trade and was waiting for it to go through. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has an absolutely monster Saturday night. And there I am sitting here going, this might made not a terrible have mistake. the way <laughs> I wanted it to. And yeah, it's it's not that Verhage's been doing bad in the time since, but definitely Ryan Nugent Hopkins and the Oilers as well have just been reminding people that, hey, you know, we, we're an incredible hockey team. 
uh, despite obviously them still sitting in, you know, last place, not last place, but, you know, in the bottom third of the standings. Point taken. Always err on the side of the Oilers when given a chance. We still score a lot, and Carter Verhage does not score as much as we do. That is what has been noted here. He does not score anywhere near as much. Point noting as well to listeners as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think look at the playoff schedule further to guide your, uh, I guess, like potential trades as well. So the Oilers, as an example, play four play a 4-3-4. Four, four. So let's say uh, you're playing in the quarterfinals. So they'd have four games to help you in the quarters. They would only have three games all on heavy nights to help you in the semis. But if you made it to the finals, three off nights... Monday, Wednesday, Friday, juicily waiting for you. Um, you can you don't even have to worry about slotting them into the lineup or anything. You can devote all of your other ads onto you know other other even heavier nights because you know that your Oilers core is still going to be able to play. It's okay, man. Virhagi will totally score the same amount of points as Nugent Hopkins, probably. <laughs> yeah, just as soon as Maddie Kachuk's shooting percentage comes up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into you know actually you know what before we get into my story because it's really not that long I suck like it's it's pretty it's pretty evident I just want to give further context to the scoring in this league because I did a little deeper dive and comparable to Cupful scoring yes I know the very different scoring however Cupful is one of the most competitive fantasy leagues you can be in regardless of the tier that you're in pretty much on the face of the earth so. For context here, we have 11 goalies in the top 40 in our scoring f- format. 11 goalies. So what is that? Almost the third? Oh, my God. And at one point, uh, JoJo was ranked number one. Correct. <laughs> and in Kukupful, Jay, they have zero goalies in the top 40 in scoring and their scoring format. And they only have six in the top 100 in their scoring format. So that's just a little bit further context on that. But I am not going to blame Jay for my poor performance because I am not in last anymore. I am in 11th out of 12. (laughs) So it hasn't been pretty for me. But over the last three weeks, I've been trying to tinker and trying to figure out ways to get out whether that was acquiring goalies and or flipping goalies but i just i hate goalies they make my skin itch but it was my downfall staying tied and true to the zero g strategy with this scoring system in this league it has not helped me in the slightest i have also ran into some slow performing players as well um i did at one point have austin matthews uh this was the biggest deal i have made to date and it was to acquire at the time i believe swayman was ranked in the top 30 in our scoring format and to trade low on jason robertson and maddie kachuk so i flipped nick schmoltz alex debrinkat and austin matthews for jason robertson jeremy swayman Thomas Hurdle and Matthew Kachuk. One, to shake up my team, and two, I believed in Robertson and Kachuk bouncing back. Neither which has fully happened yet. Robertson has looked better, the better of the two since I acquired him. Fast forward until this week, 
uh, or I guess last week, I then flipped Jeremy Swayman to another goalie needy GM for Alexander Barkov. Now that left me with three Florida Panthers, Barkov, Reinhardt, and Matty Kachuk. I then took Matty Kachuk and Carlson and flipped him for another one of my guys in Adrian Kempe and Noah Dobson, who's having a breakout season. I still have jack shit in goal, so that's not going to help me in this league whatsoever, but that's my problem to figure out, not Jay's, because we're deep in the season. But I think the biggest thing for me, boys, is just I didn't adjust quick enough. I'm trying to adjust to now. It's still looking bleak for me, regardless of what happens. Like, I'm playing Shaner, like Jay said, higher performing, kind of middling team, but already projected to beat me on the week. The guys know, you know, if the listeners don't know, I don't hesitate to use my ads either, whether I do them, you know, advantageously or not. You know, I definitely stick to my guns in terms of my strategy of using them earlier in the week. I tend to not use them later in the week because I do want to cash in on the availability of guys. But funny story on that mindset in one of my leagues, Ehlers and Velarde were both available and I slept in. And by the time I woke up, they were fucking all gone. And I, my plan was they were all three hit the both of them. And oh, I want to say comfort. I was just going to boom, 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 add all three of them. They're all gone by the time I woke up. And I don't usually do that because I'm usually up with my kids relatively early. Uh, and but I, you know, I just missed out on on that strategic thing. And and I said to the boys and then I'm the one dummy that, you know, we, we got into the content uh, creation thing. There was other people that reached out to me and said, you know, you want to be a part of my league? You want to be a part of my league? Yeah, I should have said no. Because I think that's what's also hurting me. You know, and credit to the boys. Their strategies are seem to be more focused on the leagues that they're in. But I'm in, with Dynasty included, I'm in 15 leagues this year. And I'm actually performing better in the format that I don't really particularly like, nor do I focus on as much, which is dynasty. (laughs) Um, I do have some upper tier teams in redraft and keeper leagues, but it definitely has made it very, very difficult to be this far stretched uh, monitoring availability and stuff like that. But that's an excuse because the listener league has been awesome. As Jay said, I just shout out all of the, listeners that jumped in and are participating with us there's been so much activity there's lots of chatter there's some good chirping back and forth it's been a lot of fun for the three of us regardless of my piss poor performance and my dissatisfaction for it to being hero g and not zero g again more context here and i want to share with the listeners because we're ragging on jay a bit because he practiced hero g in this this league even if he says he didn't mean to but me and him are in another content league, and this is how skewed our scoring is. Not to not to say that this other content creator's league scoring is not skewed either, but Jay is ten and zero in this other league, in runaway first place, and has not carried a goalie since week two. So 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 for context here. <laughs> Jay has Soros and Bobrovsky in the listener league for the taxi squad and is now in third place 
okay, good on you. you. You've noticed your own scoring strategy that you built and made sure that you fell on the sword of these two goalies. Good for you. But in another <laughs> league that doesn't value the position as high as our league does. But again, I go, I digress. It's been fun having this conversation. It's a shout out to the listeners that have joined us in this league. It's been a lot of fun. As Jay and Alan said, there's been tons of activity, tons of trades, tons of moving pieces. It's been interesting to be a part of and monitor on where guys value guys. As I said, the last three weeks, I've made more moves than the first two months of the season because I'm trying to tinker and get out of the basement. We'll come back with you guys in another month and a half with another update and see if any of us have made an actual push towards, you know, either solidifying a playoff spot or for in Jay's case, solidifying a top three spot or in Alan's case, making sure he makes the playoffs to make, get the most of that nuge trade. So that nuge becomes as, as valuable as possible. But you know, the, the listeners have definitely brought that, really in, in full context to everybody out there, Alan, the, the last minute league that we threw together, you know, the guys that did come and join up and come down that journey with us have really made it worth the while and it's been fun. And we definitely are pleased to bring that update to you and the, the week 11 preview or weekend preview to you tonight. You know, guess it's going to be not nostalgic as we get into the Christmas break and getting closer and closer to the halfway point of the season for us. It truly has been a privilege to date for the four of us. You know, I'm speaking on behalf of Maddie Kay as well to be part of this great brand, to be part of this community, your positivity, embracing the four of us in terms of even listening to our advice has been very humbling for myself and the, the other taxi squad drivers, regardless of if we've been right or wrong. Or in my case, I'm fairly terrible at fantasy because. <laughs> the roller coaster of my 15 leagues is all over the goddamn place. We will sign off for now. We will be back on Thursday for an extensive look at week 12 preview plus the first half of week 13. I think that's what we agreed to, guys. That's what we're going to do um, in the in the latter part of this week. Uh, we will then be taking a break uh, from the 23rd to the to after the 27th. Hoping to bring you guys a Festivus episode uh, where it'll just be us talking nonsense about hockey and fantasy hockey uh, year to date. So we will ask Jay to turn off the fares. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Good night, everybody. It's all love, and we'll be back soon. Transform and roll out. We'll pick you up later. Optimus Rhyme. Dude, he's seriously going to have just so much run. Like, everyone's got to pick him up. Well, I'm telling you right now, if he's still there in the morning, I'm picking him up in the Lister League because my goalie situation is just devastating right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean...